This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine, And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Side Hustlers, the podcast that highlights people following a passion outside of their day job. I am your host from iHeartRadio, Carla Marie, and this podcast at this point is essentially my side hustle. My day job is hosting a morning show. It's called The Carla Marie and Anthony Show. You can hear it on our iHeartRadio app. Just search for Kiss FM Seattle, or if you're in Seattle, it's 106.1 on your dial, or you can also tell your Alexa or Google Play or whatever robot you have in your house to play Kiss FM Seattle. I have brought you over 80-something guests in this podcast, all people who are kicking ass, working extra just to follow their passion, and that is no different than this week's guest. Randy Smith is on this podcast because his side hustle is being an author. He wrote the book, The Raffle, and I am obsessed with this book. I have read the entire thing, and his day job 
is being a partner at his law firm. He works over 50 hours a week at his law firm. He's married and has two pretty new children. And he did all of this over the last three and a half years. So you need to follow along on Instagram. It's the raffle 2027-2027 to fully understand what the raffle is about. And I'm not really into sci-fi kind of stuff generally, but I am seriously in love with this book and how it's written. It's called The Raffle. You can get it on Amazon, but you have to hear Randy's story because if he can side hustle and write a book, any of us can side hustle and do anything. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get up your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo. It's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. So here today with me in Seattle is Randy Smith. You came up from L.A. just for this podcast. I feel so cool. I'm honored to be here, really. (laughs) I I can't believe this is my first podcast uh, as Randy Smith. So I'm so proud that it's with you. Okay. I do want to talk about why you just said it's your first podcast as Randy Smith. But first, you are a lawyer amongst many other things. But the main reason you're here today is because you wrote a book called The Raffle, a book that I have read or four parts of a book. It's incredible. I love it. And I'm so glad we actually get to tell the story of The Raffle. But I want to talk about your name and why you just said this is the first time that you're here as Randy Smith. So explain that. I will. And it may (laughs) seem convoluted and a little crazy, but that's okay. So as you mentioned, I am a lawyer by day. Mm -hmm. That's not the full reason why I've gone out as Randy Smith. However, Mm -hmm. I do have clients. I work at a very large law firm. I represent a lot of banks. And as you've read in the raffle, some of the language is, um, you know, explicit. And there's a lot of violence. It's it's a dark book. I don't want people to pass judgment upon me like, wow, that guy's weird. Like, I don't want to- That guy's pretty effed up. You are after reading it. I'm a little effed up, but (laughs) I I don't want to lose any clients (laughs) uh, as a result of it. Not that I think that they really will. It was the creative part of me. However, I mean, really one of the reasons why I- will continue to go as Randy Smith is I call out certain groups in this book that oh, yeah, you do. actually exist. These are a lot of the stuff in the raffle is actually based upon real life domestic terrorist organizations, international terrorist organizations, rogue countries. And like, let them go after Randy Smith. I've, I've got a wife. I've got a family. Yeah. I've got you're a good friend of mine. Yes. I mean, I don't want to die, Anthony. I don't want I don't want him to go after anybody. (laughs) So so that's the reason what that's the primary reason why I go as Randy Smith. Now, right away, when you started writing the raffle, did you immediately know you were going to use a pen name? I did, because even in part one of the raffle, I call out an international terrorist Mm -hmm. organization, which back then was a lot stronger than they are now. Although because of some very poor decisions of our administration, they're coming back and I'm not happy about that. Right. And there's also the the pesky North Koreans. I mean, around, <laughs> around the time that I published part one, I think that that was when they, that, that one movie uh, that they, that they pirated and, and oh. live with Sony. Remember, remember the name of that? Yeah. I, uh, it's going to drive me nuts. But I remember when this happened that, yeah, North Korea ended up putting out a movie that was not supposed to be out yet. Yeah. Yeah. They stole it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't want to mess with them either. So <laughs> I'm going out as Randy Smith. <laughs> okay. Fair. So the raffle, is it, it's science fiction. I would be the best. I don't normally read science fiction, but I read this and I love it. And Thank I you. will do a terrible job at explaining like the quick, what is the raffle? How do you, the author, explain what the raffle is? It's science fiction, <laughs> although what I've learned after studying science fiction and studying everything is actually it's a branch of science fiction called okay. speculative fiction, Ooh. which is like 
basically the type of fiction that means, well, what if X? What if what if this happens? So probably the best way of explaining the raffle is explaining some of the seeds behind the raffle. Okay. Uh, as you know, for, for five years, I was commuting between Los Angeles and New York because my wife lived in New York. And I was very thankful of our country's excellent transportation network that we had back then. I was able to always see my wife. The planes more or less, yeah, every once in a while they'd be late, but- the seeds, they up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But the seeds of the of the raffle were sown when when the idea popped in my head. Oh my god! Like, I lived through nine eleven. I was in Washington D.C. when that happened, and I was trapped in D.C. for a little while. Everything was shut down. Like, what if something really happened that was more long term? If I was trapped in L.A. and I couldn't get to my wife, so that that thought bubble was was put into my mm-hmm. head way back when I was traveling between two thousand eight two thousand twelve. So that's like the beginning of it. Basically. The story is it's about a man who is trapped in Los Angeles due to a, a multi-pronged attack. Basically, Los Angeles gets attacked by ISIS terrorists and let's just say North Korea piggybacks on top of that and, and launches an attack that basically destroys all electricity, anything with an electrical component in Los Angeles. And that's wild. A, it, it is wild, although that 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 aspect of the story, the EMP strike, is mm-hmm. also a subgenre of science fiction too. There are many, 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 many books out there that what EMP means an um, electric magnetic pulse attack, which is legitimate. The only reason why I even came up with the electric magnetic pulse attack was as I was flying to go see my wife one day, I read a Wall Street Journal article that basically laid out how vulnerable the United States actually is to this day to an EMP strike. And it laid out how it could actually happen. And it, and it basically said, here are all our vulnerabilities. And North Korea could launch a small you know, little bomb that it could wipe everything out. So I included that into the story to make it seem like, okay, this could actually happen. And this man could get trapped in Los Angeles. And, and in, his wife, uh, thankfully, had flown east the day before. And he was, gonna, he was planning on joining him and his daughter but he got he stayed behind because he was dedicated to his work and he didn't fly with them to go east, and it was very unfortunate. And basically, in the first part of the raffle, it's it starts out with the man being taken into into a room and he's told, "Hey, you can you can write a letter to anybody that you think lives in the new United States mm-hmm. that you can that you think is still alive." And he retells the story of basically what happens. So that's, what happened? That's part one, right? Spoiler alert, he wins because that's part one. Obviously, he wins the that raffle, quote unquote, uh, to to be able to am- enter back into the United the new United States to get reunited with his wife. And he thinks it's going to be easy, but it's not. He has to go through so, um, a lot of things, a lot of things to to even try to to get together with his wife. And he learns that the 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 United States that he knew before is no longer uh, what what he thought it was because. The Constitution is thrown away. It becomes an isolationist state. Immigration isn't allowed. And they start to, you know, basically rank people based upon their race. And religious fundamentalism is the norm. The crazy thing is I came up with that concept prior mm-hmm. to 2016. <laughs> and a lot of that stuff has actually happened. Oh, yeah. So when I would read the raffle, I would text you and be like, hold on, you wrote this, but what? it's in the news today. You wrote this like three years ago. Yep. And it is very scary. Like this book is actually scary. It is horrifying to me it is it is extremely scary and every time i would write something and, and this is okay because this is actually written on the back of, of, of the of the paperback okay book, so it's, it's not a spoiler it's not a spoiler 
Area 51. Yes. Area 51. I I was like, nobody thinks about Area 51 anymore. How do I bring that into the story? And lo and behold, this entire summer, the storming Area 51 happened. So you wrote that. I have to stop writing. Right. If I keep writing bad things, bad stuff's going to happen. Yeah. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. When you wrote the Area 51 part, when was that? Like, Uh, when were you writing that? uh, Let's say I came up with the Area 51 part of the story probably March. What was going through your mind? As the the news started breaking that there was a storm area 51. I was very happy <laughs> because I, I'm not kidding you. Literally, part of me was like, you know, is this going to turn people off? And, and by the way, I, I, this is not giving anything away. Right. There, there's no alien component no. to this in, at all. That is not a spoiler alert. Area 51 and what is actually being built at Area 51 explains a lot of the, the crazy things that are, are in the new United States. When it happened, I was like, yes, I'm going to piggyback on this. And I'm going to use this as a part Smart. of the story. And, you know, probably got some people to to be a little bit more interested in it. Um, although I made it very clear from the beginning, it has no alien component. So that might have turned some people off. Okay. Well, the alien people maybe won't read. Hold, your hair is a... Is my, is my hair messed up? Yeah, fix yeah, it and, before and, we... And by the way, if anybody really knows me, all of my power is through my hair. I'm like the, I'm like the <laughs> you, living day Samson. You I really adjusted am. your headphones and they're, you don't even need the headphones. There you go. They're off. Okay. You wrote the raffle in four parts. So anyone reading it today is very spoiled because they can get all four parts. I didn't read it like that. I read it. Then I had to wait months for the next part. And then it was like watching regular TV nowadays where you have to wait opposed to binging. And it was so terrible for me to read this book like that because I was like, well, I need to know what's happening. Why did you decide to do it in four parts? It's a great question. And it's interesting because one of the reasons why I wrote the the letter, remember in part one of the raffle, he's got very limited amount of time. He's yes. basically got four hours to explain what has happened in the past 10 years to, to his wife in this mm-hmm. letter. I did it because at the time I wasn't ready to write a full novel. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Did you plan on writing a full novel? In my mind, I knew that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in a place where I could, where I okay. could, where I could dedicate the time, where I could really focus on it. I wanted to put something out there and say, "I wonder if anybody's going to like this. If nobody likes this, then I'm not going to waste my time with it." Lo and behold, uh, you and some <laughs> and a couple of other people really liked I the did. story. I love it. And they were like, "What's next?" And I was like, "Okay, all, all right, right, let's play this game." And then. I wrote part two of, I started writing part two of the raffle. And then of course our country took a right turn in November, 2016. And a lot of things that I started writing about in part two of the raffle started to happen as soon as January, 2017, when part two was written. So I released part two. uh, And I'll tell you, most people weren't happy because they were like, wait a minute. That was, that was way too short. It was short. What are you, what are you doing to us? I go, well, I want to, I want to see how, Actually, how our how our world is playing out. It was cool because you did get to play into people's real fears as it was happening. That's correct. That's that's that that was all that was all planned. And once I released part two, it took me a while to release part three. It took me about fifteen months because I was thinking about all the different directions that I wanted to go with the story. And finally, I released part three in May two thousand and eighteen, and the reaction was overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. And then I decided, I said, okay, boy, I'm going to really throw these people for a loop because they have no idea where I'm going to go with this part four. Because I, I set up yep. I set up part three and you probably are thinking, you're, as you're getting into it in the last couple of pages, you're like, okay, I think I know where this is going. I think I know where this is going. I think I know where this is going. You get to part three and you're like, whoa, 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 what the hell just happened? Yeah. 
and then I throw you into part four, and then and then it's really like a, a psychotic roller coaster ride that just makes a, a right turn and a loop de loop. But I wrap it all up beautifully. You do wrap it up beautifully, but I would like more. There is more. Okay, good to know. I read when I read the raffle. I read it all digitally. I read it all on my Kindle, or even maybe even my Nook at one point. But now you have it all out paper. It's all it's in my hand right now. The entire thing, all four parts. Why did you decide to print it? And how does that even happen? I decided to print it because there is a future for the raffle. I don't know if it's going to be a written future. My personal plan Ooh. is that it, it it's not going to be a digital future. As you know, you know, one of my quote unquote side projects is I'm very into podcasting. We call it side hustles around here. I know. It, it's interesting. <laughs> I, I know it's called side hustles. I know. Some people do side hustles. The way I view side hustles is some people do it because they, they want to make money on the side. Well, I did want to ask you that. Was this to make money? No. It was just you decided to write a total. How many pages is this? Book? This is five hundred in, in the printed version because we, right. we made it. We made it a very big lettering and very that. beautiful and very easy to get through. I'm a fan. It wound of that. up being five hundred seven. seven pages, and then there's a bunch of notes and exp- explanations. No, I did not write this to, to make money. I did this because um, I have I had a story, and I think it's a very interesting story. And I do, I care about our country. I care about the way we view our lives. I, I care about the way that we feel towards immigration, uh, about race relations. And I think a, a, the best way to try to get people to think differently is to write it in an entertaining way. And that was the reason why I wrote this. Oh, yeah. And I, I can't stop writing because it's so much fun. Like, this is what I like to do. I don't like to watch TV. I mean, I do watch some TV. But whenever I have a spare moment, I'm writing. And I purposely structured my commute to work because I do go to work. I actually have yeah, a day so, job and, and I, I structured it. Oh, no, go ahead. You're well, going to say you work how many hours a week doing law at a, as a partner at your law firm? At least 50. OK, how do you find the time to write a book? I gave up driving. The sub, you got to understand that one of the subtexts that I addressed in this book is I came up with this book because of I thought about what, what happens if one form of our transportation gets taken away. I'm obsessed with transportation. I'm a transportation geek. I work in transportation law. My day job is I help roads, toll bridges, Mm -hmm. uh, transportation systems, ports, airports. I help those get financed. Well, we need you in Seattle. I know. You do. Believe me. I've been talking to some people while I've been here, and they were complaining about the transportation systems. And Seattle's moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. They they do. Slowly. Slowly. they're They're making some positive moves towards it, but they need to make some better moves about it. But at the end of the day... The raffle really is about transportation, the freedom of transportation, mm-hmm. whether or not you're able to live the way you want to live get or move places, the way you want yeah. to live and get places. I gave up commuting via a car. I just gave it up. And I, and I, and I chose to use a combination of buses, ride sharing, and trains. And I said, the, this two hours of my day that I get back, sure, I do a little bit of work, but I'm going to do something that I want to do. So I, I started taking courses in screenwriting. I started taking courses in writing. And I dedicated that two hours a day, every day, to writing. And that's how I was able to produce this book. Yeah, it is pretty wild when you think about how much time we do waste driving. My commute, six minutes. When yes. I, I waste time on Instagram. When I took out those hours of wasting 14 hours a week on Instagram, and I got it down to four hours, I had 10 hours in my week. So you can write the raffle. I could write the I'm raffle. I'm telling you, you you can join me in the next venture of the raffle. We could write together. <laughs> it's amazing how much time we actually have when you sit down and you and you actually plan it and you think about ways to get back, get back your time. And I and I like to approach it as this concept that I'm working on and I'm 
I might write a, a self-help book on it. Ooh. Smart multitasking. Big thing these days, be mindful, be yep. present, only focus on on this thing at the same time. Yeah, on some things. Some Not things. everything. There Not are everything. some things, but... Of course, maybe even I would dare say most things. Mm-hmm. Like spending time with your children and spending time with your loved one and working on a very particular difficult project. Like I know uh, Anthony was telling me, you know, when I'm editing a video, like I got to pay attention to that video, mm-hmm. of course. But commuting, you don't really need to pay attention while you're commuting. Let somebody else do it. Right. Delegate, delegate commuting to somebody else and focus on when I commute. Here's what I'm doing. Here are all the things I'm doing when I'm commuting via public transportation. I'm writing. I'm getting some exercise because I'm walking to and from the station. I'm saving money. And basically, I'm, I'm making the environment a little bit cleaner. That's all the things yeah. I'm doing when I'm using public transportation. Everybody should do it if you're able to do it. Something else that I'm a little obsessed with and I'm writing a lot about speaking about is transportation gaps. There's a lot of transportation Mm -hmm. gaps where people don't have access to public transportation. That's a big problem. That needs to change. Oh, yeah. I I know that these the line bikes and the Uber and the jump, like all those things do help with that. Correct. But it's also not convenient in Seattle a lot of times to ride a bike in the rain. Not only that, think about oh, the mothers with their children right. or, the, or the disabled. I mean, it's it's, it's, a, tra- it's a solution for some people. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. No, absolutely not. Did you write any of the raffle not while on transportation? I did. In fact, yes, because in the past uh, four years, as, as you know, um, my wife and I have had two children yeah. and I knew, I knew just with my wife's schedule that there's going to be a lot of nights and mornings and in the middle of the night where I was going to be trying to help the kids get to sleep. Because basically, if you, if you have very, very young kids, kids under four, you spend those first four years basically trying to train these kids how to sleep. So I knew I was going to be stuck with my smartphone and I could either A, spend a lot of time on social media mm-hmm. or like watching Netflix, or I could write on my phone. I wrote all of part four of the raffle on my phone. No way. I swear to God. I'm not kidding you. I wrote, I wrote every, I have, and this is just the normal little iPhone. I have the Microsoft Word We got to get you on an Apple commercial. I know, we really should. I wrote all of it. All of part four was typed by my my thumbs onto my phone. No kidding, on commuting what, or waiting while my kids were, were sleeping. It's the honest to God truth. So I was going to say, how do you find the time with a family to write? But that's how. That's you how. You use your iPhone for good. You, I use my iPhone while I'm putting the kids to sleep, while I'm waiting them for sleep, while I'm waking up in the middle of the night with them. That's what I'm doing. I'm, 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 you, I, cause I don't have a lot of time. I utilize every second that I have. That's smart. Sounds like something a lawyer would say. It is. It is. Yeah. That was, that was a little bit of the lawyer coming out. Okay. I got it. I got it. Um, did you, when you started writing the raffle and what we have today, did you have any idea that this is really where the story would go? God, that's a fair question. And because I care about you, (laughs) I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. The answer is no, no idea, no idea. That's pretty cool that you did, you really just went with it. You went with where society was and how people were playing into it. Because you did ask me some questions about the characters and what I thought. Yes, And you've stole my ideas. Uh, I did. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, that's not true. Uh, No, no, we, we, no, you're right. I, I, the reason why there were so many, this goes back to your gaps question. Mm -hmm. The reason why there were gaps is because I wanted to see the direction our country was going and try to weave those in. Also, I'm a big fan of Stephen King. I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today as a writer or as even a messed up human being in the mm-hmm, head. Of course. If there wasn't for Stephen King, I started reading him when I was 13, which is crazy. He wrote an excellent book, semi-autobiography, uh, semi-here's how I write. It's called On Writing. Wow. He does an outline. 
Stephen King does not outline. He just writes and sees where the story takes him. That's the way I write. Okay. It's so it's it's it is a certain most writers and most professional people will say you got to outline. If you don't outline, it's crazy. I can't do it. I got to be organic. I got to feel it. No, and that makes sense. And I think that's why I did enjoy a lot of your writing because I think the same way. And when I'm reading, like I stayed up not going to bed. <laughs> I wanted to kill you some nights because I was like, I can't put this book down. I'm wide awake. There's no way I'm going to sleep. I blamed you for not sleeping pretty often. Um, but by the way, there is a part of the book near the end where people are going to be very excited if they read it because I freaked out. Um, you'll just know when you get there. I'm not going to spoil what it is. But when you get to that point of the book, message me on Instagram. It's at the Carla Murray, and you'll totally know what I'm talking about. Side note. So, when you remember you asked me earlier about whether I wrote this for the money? No, I wrote it for you. Oh, the, thank the fact, you. The fact thank that you, you. <laughs> the fact that you stayed up late at night, and I know how early you wake up, yeah. is like so flattering to me. Was, like, I don't care if anybody else hates it. If you dug it, then that's it. I've thanks. already achieved my goal. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. I want to be your personal mo- writer. I'll write whatever you want. Okay, deal. <laughs> write my life story. I, sure. Well, I want it as a movie. The raffle. I want it as a movie. So, I also am a screenwriter. Yes. I've written three screenplays. One film is in development right now. We're really getting some good momentum. Can you tell us the name? Um, I can't because that will give a, a lot a lot of way. Okay. But maybe perhaps. Um, you, no. We'll talk offline about it. Okay. I'm sure I'll get you and Anthony involved <laughs> in it. But in any event, I know how to write a movie. Everyone tells me that this should be a movie or a TV show. It should. The next medium is, I don't think it's going to be the written medium. I already built the universe. I set it up. Now I need to build it out. We'll see where this goes. I don't know where it's going to go, but there is going to be an interesting medium that's next. Okay. That I'll talk to you about offline. And you keep mentioning podcasting as well. You also do a podcast, correct? Um, or you I ha- work with podcasts? I work a lot with podcasts. Yeah, there was one um, that I was on where I did where I was the transportation correspondent on. If you if anybody out there like is into transportation and you recognize my voice, then you know you you might know what which is, one's what's that podcast? Oh, if I give if I say it, then I'm giving away my, oh, my you're identity. Real? Okay, yes, let's not. Yes, that's that's correct. Okay, that's but, crazy that. But we I'm can't on do a that. number of different podcasts as a, a transportation expert. I am on one where I'm I'm just myself, not just the transportation mm-hmm. expert. And I talk, I even, there's one where we talk about science fiction and dystopian stories and our society's obsession with them. So I'm not just a transportation geek. Okay. I can pretty much talk about anything. Did you, as a kid, think one day you'd be a transportation expert? No. Although it's very interesting. My upbringing had a profound impact on my life choices in going into transportation. I lived with a grandmother who immigrated to this country and she learned English on her own. She never got a driver's license in her home country or here. Wow. So she had to learn without even speaking English, how to get around on a bus system. That's incredible. And she taught me from a very young age, you don't need a car. You don't need it. You have your two feet. You stay healthy. You can use the buses. And that had a profound impact on my life. Well, clearly you wrote a whole book about it now. I I practically did. So you keep mentioning Anthony, and we talk a lot about connections in this podcast. You've mentioned the name Anthony. So for people who don't listen to my morning show, they may have no idea who you're talking about. So Anthony is my co-host on my morning show. Best friend, known Anthony for nine, almost 10 years at this point. You are his cousin. <laughs> that's, I how I, that's how I know you. Yes, that is correct. And I, I do love talking about how people know each other and how you connect with one another. What is that like in your world, being a lawyer being an author, like, are your connections super important and how do they play a part in your day to day, whether it is as a lawyer or an author? My 
favorite part of my job as a lawyer is uh, as as riveting that as legal work is, especially in the transportation finance space. Without the connections, without the human element of it, I, I would have quit a long time ago. Okay. Like I I love the people that that I work with, and they're they're great people. They're honorable people. They want to build great things for our you know government and society. And it's being around those types of people that have made me a success. The early part of my career, when I was doing more litigation, mm-hmm. the battle, the, the fighting, the the trial, the discovery type of stuff, I didn't like that. Okay, that would I would have been a horrible, unhappy, probably alcoholic attorney <laughs> if I if I stayed down that path. So it's important for very young attorneys to realize what their personalities are like. Are they a people person? Are they personable? Do they want to fight all day long? I don't. And so I was able to fall into a type of law where I don't have to do that every day. And the most important thing to me is not only just my work connections, but my family connections. Like I spend a lot of time with my family because they, without them, like I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm-hmm. I'm very close to Anthony. Like I, he's the closest thing that I have to like a, a younger brother. I didn't have a younger brother, but, and through him, I've met you and you know, I'm huge, that's a, win. Huge, a huge, that's the biggest win. <laughs> so, I mean, if I never talk to him again, it's fine. As that's long as fine. you and I, as long as you this and I stay that yeah, That's correct. <laughs> How do you have the time to spend with your wife and kids? Like I know your wife works a lot. You work 50 hours a week. You're writing a book and yeah, you said you did a lot on your phone, but I'm not, you're not the kind of dad that's going to be on your phone while your kids are playing. That's not. So how do you make that schedule work? Interesting enough. This will shock you. Even though I work 50 hours a week and I do all these things, typically, unless I'm traveling, mm-hmm. I make breakfast every day with my kids and I eat dinner every day with my kids. That's cool. No joke. The reason why is because I live by an extremely strict transportation schedule. Okay. It's that simple. By using public transportation and by getting onto a bus and by living by that schedule, I'm able to work those 50 hours because I'm, I'm able to do two hours of work, you know, if, if I need to work on the bus between the hours of 8 to 6 p.m., that's 10 hours. That's 10 hours a day. So if I get on that bus at 8 and I get and I get on the bus to come home at 5, that's my 10-hour day and I'm home in the morning to eat dinner with my, with my family and I've already cooked them breakfast, I've already taken them to school. It's just living by a strict schedule and discipline. That's it. There are a lot of people who will say, oh, public transportation. What do you have to say to those people? I have to say that you are partially correct. Public transportation needs the, needs the, the and the governments need to seriously think about ways to market itself. Government doesn't do a very good job of marketing itself. Me as a citizen that actually works in that space, that has used it to achieve some of the dreams that I've wanted to achieve, I feel like it's my duty mm-hmm. to go out there and speak positively about it. However, you know, I know a lot, not a lot of women that don't feel safe on public transportation. Uh, yep. Nope. That's the thing. No, they, we need to work on that. Yeah. And, and I, and I want to work on that. And that's why I speak a lot about it because I'm hoping if people can think differently about public transportation, maybe they'll, they won't feel so bad about that when they have to get taxed for it or when they have to pay for a little bit extra of it, our society mm-hmm. is better when we're mobile and we have mobile solutions. I understand it's not for everybody, but I could tell you that I'm working really hard to make it for everybody. Well, you are our transportation god at this point. I will make I will, it happen. I will do my best to be your transportation god. <laughs> I want to go back to the raffle. You sure. self-published. I did. And I've been hearing this word a lot lately. And I guess, what even is that? And how do you go about self-publishing? It's a very appropriate question considering that I'm in Seattle because, but for Amazon, 
Mm. I, this would the raffle would have never well it would have come into existence because the seeds were there, but it's very easy to self-publish on Amazon. I've gotten my friends to do it as well. Cool. A very good friend of mine, former FBI guy, he self-published a travel book. It's a very good travel book. It's about how to be safe overseas when you're traveling. And what's it called? Is that what it's called? It's funny. I, I should remember. It's like the smart, the easy, the easy smart travel guide okay. to international travel. It's got like a cute little fox um, on the front cover. All right. Amazon. It's so easy. Like if you literally just go to Amazon, um, dot, uh, the KDP. That's actually what it's called. It's called KDP. It's Kindle Direct Publishing. Oh. All the information is there. Now, some people are against self-publishing. Why? Because they are like it's 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 cluttered the market with garbage. Probably true. Okay. Well, anyone, uh, that's like saying podcasting has cluttered the audio market. Some people Blogs, say Blogs, all of that. Sure. Like, guess what? This is the world we live in now. Just be better. This is the world that we live in. And a lot of people say, well, why did you self-publish? I'll tell you why. Because I don't have time and years or the interest in send, sending out this manuscript mm-hmm. to all to 20 or 30 publishers to tell me, well, I don't like this. You change this. You do that. No, this is my story. Right. I don't care if I make money off of this. I thankfully work very hard and uh, get paid very well as a lawyer. And I've set up my life where this is the story I wanted to get out there. I don't want anybody to tell me what to write. I don't want anybody to tell me which direction I'm going to go. This is my brain. Mm -hmm. If you want to read it, great. If you don't want to read it, that's fine. That's why I chose to self-publish. I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing this because of passion. Well, how do you market your story then? Especially when it's not your real name and all like, how do you do all that? It's very difficult and it costs a lot of money. I did hire a book publicist. She's great. She's, I'm a super big fan of hers. Her name is on the inside cover of the book. GN from PH Collective. She did a great job. She wasn't cheap, but she taught me how to market a book. And you know, you, you gotta be social media savvy. There's we, I have a Twitter page. I have a Facebook page. I have, I have a blog actually on the website, which explains a lot of the backstory. And there's, there's going to be a lot more articles on there, but there there's, if you really get into the, 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 the weeds of the raffle and you want to like, where did this, this come from? Where is this guy thinking that's going to be on the blog if it's not there already. And I have Instagram and I have videos and I, I am somewhat social media savvy and I'm really building that out. And, and in fact, I learned by watching you, me. You, I'm serious. You, so you're you are an expert. you're posting all the, you know, outfit of the day stuff on the raffle. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You're an expert at it. You, you are truly, I mean, if anybody wants to learn social media and how to do it right, they should watch you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's but the truth. For people to see everything you're doing, it's the raffle 2027. So the raffle 2027 on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's .com. That's correct. And you also write a lot for the medium, correct? I do. Okay. Yeah. So medium, very, very good point. Um, medium's pretty cool. Uh, if you haven't been on medium yet, you can go onto there and I repost the blog posts mm-hmm. in, in, in almost like a comic book type fashion. It's cool. It's really cool what you can do on medium. And I'm going to, and I did hire a graphic artist. He produced a lot of pictures of the raffle and I'm going to continue on that. And I'm going to incorporate that onto the medium site as well. So yeah, you're talking about graphic artists, your cover to the raffle. It's like, it's a coral. It's, girly for lack of a better word in 2019 and i love it it appeals to me where did this idea come from to make it look like this because originally knowing the story i would have never thought of this as the cover yeah i worked with a designer through somebody that through my producer uh, anthony through anthony wallace who works with me on my movie stuff as well he connected me with this great designer he who this designer in germany uh, christian uh, he's he's at design woot so it's design w-u-t and I gave him the idea of, all right, here are these 12 images. Give me your best shot. Like, did he read the book? Um, he read portions of okay. it. He did, read, he did read portions of it. I sent him aspects of the book that I said, hey, here's the, here's the cool. scene. 
give me what you got. And he did a wonderful job. I, wonderful I love job. it. I mean, it's so cool. And it I just, it's such a good story. And if someone, like, if I would have picked it up in a bookstore, I'd be like, wow, this is pretty. I like it. It would be appealing to me. And then I'd probably see that it was some sort of sci-fi and be like, oh, I don't know. But the story is so good. And Thank I don't you. I don't want people to be turned off by the the side of it where it could get political or whatever. It's just, it's real, but also not. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair on the whole political stuff, it's not against the right. It's no. not it's not pro left. It's just it's just this is this is the the one view of how things could go. Mm-hmm. Whatever direction that it can go. Hopefully it doesn't go down that direction. But here are all the scary because I'm a lawyer. So I actually in part two, the, one of the reasons why people didn't like part two is because I get into some of the weeds of well, well, what happened to our constitution? What happened to laws? What happened to lawyers? I get into that. I'm seeing a lot of that happen today where lawyers or constitution are being attacked by, by, by multiple people. Mm-hmm. Bad things can happen. We just got to pay attention. So when people are finding your book, like I obviously read it, Anthony, who's your cousin, read it, family read it. Are there now strangers finding your book and you're hearing from them? Yes. What is that like? Thrilling. It really is thrilling. It's, it's thrilling when I see a review from somebody that I don't know mm-hmm. or when somebody's connected with it and, and they were like, wait, that was you? And I was like, yeah, that was me. And they're, they're just, they're so happy. And then they, then they start asking me about some of the getting into the weeds questions. And I try to, and I try to explain things. And that was one of the reasons why I set up the blog. The blog is, well, wait a minute, if I'm out there explaining all of this information to people like spoken mouth, why don't I just put it onto the blog and write it? And so people can go into it. I'm hoping because I am uh, self-publishing and because, you know, Randy Smith is a nobody in the in the publishing world or author world. I know this is going to take time, Mm -hmm. but I do really believe in the longevity of this story. I I just hopefully it gets well known before 2027, because at that point it's like it's 2027. This stuff hasn't happened yet. Or this guy predicted the future. Let's find him. Uh, That would be scary. (laughs) That'd be very scary. I hope hope that's not going to happen. It obviously helps when people leave reviews. So we want them to leave good only good reviews. Five star or above. <laughs> You're like an Uber driver. I am. I'm like an Uber driver. <laughs> so yeah. So leave reviews when they read the book. You have told me that the book, the main character, is not you. It's not me. I don't believe you. I know you don't. It's not. I'm t- <laughs> some of his memories. Okay. Yes. Some of my. I mean, it's my first book. I have. I had to weave in. I had to weave in some of the interesting aspects of my life into this story. Uh, yes, a lot of his memories. But this guy is way tougher than me. There's no way okay. I would have I wouldn't have survived 10 years in New Angeles. I would have killed myself. Okay. Ramsey Arami is a badass. And actually, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you may have written it as Anthony because he's kind Might of a have. dick sometimes. And that's Anthony. <laughs> hey, Anthony's way tougher than me. I'll, I'll say so there that. there you go. He's way tougher <laughs> than me. We just discovered who it actually is. It's true. It's Anthony. So what is your your final pitch? You want people to go read the raffle. Why? Because I promise you will be entertained. I, it is a page turner it, and, and, it's, and it's educational in that I do. Here's, here's the thing. I weave in a lot of true yep. news stories, true things into a science fiction, speculative fiction. I hope this never happens. I really, really hope that it doesn't, mm-hmm. but it could. And I want them to become fans of it because there is a future and it's a, it's a pretty cool one. And I promise you'll be entertained. So if you like, if you're a big fan of, of anything that's, you know, dystopian, you know, you like the hunger games, you like, you know, the walking dead, you like some futuristic science fiction type stuff. You like the road and you just like, wow, those are some really cool stories. 
I ha- it's all wrapped up into here, but as a corollary to that, I also explain all of the true aspects of it on the website and my Twitter posts. Because if you go on the Facebook page and you go on Twitter, there are literally news stories coming out every day that play out in the raffle. It's scary stuff. Very scary. So go get scared. Read the raffle. Follow everything. It's the raffle 2027, the raffle 2027.com to check it out. Randy, thank you for being on the podcast and sharing your side hustle story. Thank you. You rock. Thank you seriously so much for listening to Side Hustlers. You can follow Randy on Instagram. It's the Raffle 2027 to support him. There's also a link to buy the book over there, but it's on Amazon. It's called The Raffle, and I highly suggest reading it. It is an incredible book. I really do love it. Also, there are two other podcasts I want you to check out. One is called My Day Friday. It is the podcast that I do with my morning show co-host, Anthony. It's actually how we started and got our morning show. So go listen to that My Day Friday or, and or you can actually listen to both, Finding Home. It's the podcast that I've been doing with Windermere Real Estate here in Seattle as I went through the home buying journey. And the day that this podcast post is actually the day that I finally close on my home. So that's super crazy that you're listening to this right now. If you're listening on the very day that this posts, Monday, November 4th, 2019. Finding Home is a great podcast to listen to to understand the home buying process. You can hear that on iHeartRadio. So go check that out. And also, we are doing something really, really awesome. So Little Words Project bracelets. I'm very passionate about them. I had the owner and creator Adriana on the podcast very early on on Side Hustlers. And these bracelets are amazing, but we've teamed up with Little Words Project to do a collaboration where when you buy this special bracelet, 25% of the proceeds will go to Seattle Children's Hospital. The bracelet says, you look great, which is something we say on our morning show to people who call in, even though we can't see them. I know that you look great right now. So go check it out. You can actually find it on my Instagram, the Carla Marie. If you hit the link in bio, you'll be able to see exactly where you can get it. And it'll link you over to all the podcasts and everything that I've talked about on here. So I can just shut up and you can go hit the link in bio. Thank you for listening. Go rate and review the podcast. Until next time, keep hustling. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bedatum. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine 
And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.